Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. All right, uh, guys. Welcome, welcome to uh, uh, another another episode of Doing It My Way. Uh, Chris Polis with Pat Pashini. We're here in our new studio. Um, breaking it in. Yeah, very cool, very modern. Our big shout out to uh, uh, Murphy Cargus of uh, Sugar Ray fame. Uh, but tonight we're joined by a uh, another one of our successful entrepreneurs. Um, uh, funny guy, well well spoken guy, uh, uh, insurance expert, uh, Randy Randy Kerslake. Randy, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Hey, Randy, welcome. Good. Thanks for coming. Pleasure. So we were talking earlier about how this starts, how we do it, and it's just super easy and, and starts flowing. Uh, where were you born? Canada, new, uh, a little town called New Westminster out of British Columbia, uh, right next to Vancouver. Okay, so uh, born in Canada. How long were you in Canada? Six years. Uh, six hard years. Six tough years. <laughs> <laughs> And I actually do have some memories of being in Canada, but... Um, what's, your, what's your fondest? Oh, probably the most... Uh, how about the most impactful was when I was um, going to kindergarten. I was youngest of five, and I didn't want to go. And my brothers... One of my brothers had to drag me to school, <laughs> kicking and screaming. And then I got stuck in the corner of the classroom... And ever since then, me at school and I just didn't get along. So. How, how about that being your Canadian memory? <laughs> well, then I remember also I had a brother. He's probably hate to tell a story, but it used to be a candy store uh, uh, half a mile away. It seemed like forever when, we, when you're that age. But we would hike up to the candy store and the... Uh, Candies were, you know, penny, two cents, five sure. cents, whatever. And my brother would buy what he could after going to the grocery store for my mom with the change. And so that he wouldn't get caught, he would bury it in the field between our house <laughs> and the candy store. <laughs> and then go back a day or two later. And uh, it was it was. It and was he's, he's digging up uh, jawbreakers and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and taffy and yeah. shit. Yeah. In in what brought you guys to the states? Uh boy, my dad. Uh, he was a uh, extremely hardworking guy. Uh, he had been in charge for, of Volvo had hired him to open up a distributorship, I believe, and some dealerships. More so, put it all together, kind of a rep for Volvo. And Volvo cars or trucks? Volvo cars. Okay. And uh, he was, uh, before I was born, there was five kids in the family and I was the youngest of five. Before I was born, they were assigned to opening up a dealership in Sausalito. Mm. And my mom and dad grew up in Canada. My mom was more central Canada and some pretty cold and, and uh, dirt road kind of town, muddy in the winter, uh, dusty in the summer. And she, they lived in Victoria at the time, which is, of course, was beautiful, but uh, 
they were, he was asked to go down and do this, and so they moved into Sausalito, and they lived, for, lived there for a little over a year. And when they got the news that they had to go back, and I don't know if you've spent much time in Sausalito, but it's, it's gorgeous. It's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. um, don't know it. Weather's wonderful. You don't have quite the same fog influence as you do in San Francisco, but you still have that mild temperature. Anyways, and, and my mom, spending all of her life in Canada, it was rainy and cold certain times of the year, and she didn't like that. And California is, of course, known for its weather. So it's the draw. She, promised, my, she made my dad promise that he would get us back to California at some point. She wanted to be back in California. Whatever you have to do, you got to get us back here. And uh, then I came along, and it probably stalled the plans a little bit. And, uh, but we eventually made it. My dad was the general manager for a Volkswagen dealership in San Jose, California, and that's what brought us down. So, car business. Yep. And car business. What, what year? That would have been 1965. 65, selling Beatles and Squarebacks in California. I've seen some and, of the most... And buses. Incredible. Like, we used to have Volkswagen buses with oh, 23 man. windows. Yeah. My dad would bring them home, and that was kind of the fun thing. We'd, we'd drive around up in the mountains. We lived in a little town called Las Gatas, which was right out mm-hmm. of the suburb of, of San Jose. And... Uh, so my dad on the weekends would load us all up and we'd go drive up through the hills and up, up through the area of Loma Prieta and, and just all through the hills. And we would have, one of my brothers would sit in the front seat with my dad and then the, the, the other uh, two of us, three of us, would, would stand on the center seat in the Volkswagen bus with the pushback With the with Wabasto roof. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging on to the edge. <laughs> going through Surfing. the turn. Yeah, it was, it was fabulous. And so you got to see how the other side lived as well. You got to see these homes, had these incredible views. And so as time went along and growing up, um, I spent a lot of times up in those hills with friends having a little bit of... Smoking of, some weed? Weed, drinking, whatever when, the case may be. When you were a kid in Los Gatos, was, uh, was it referred to as Silicon Valley yet? Or is that... No, not yet. Um, no. No, why would it be Silicon Valley back <laughs> in the 60s? Dude. No, because there, there was <laughs> computers. No, right. there was not. IBM computer. dominated the tech industry back then, though. So, um, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was different it was, as it evolved. Los Gatos was always was an affluent a, area. A, yeah, it was affluent already. But we didn't live in the affluent side of Los Gatos. We lived right on the border of San Jose and... and um, Wascatus. And so you're, you're middle class. In the, yeah. Right? Yeah. You didn't want, but you didn't have a, you know, Mercedes S600 or whatever. They, what, was the, what was the car in 1960s? What was the big dog Mercedes? Cadillac, Cadillac. Oh, Mercedes? I mean, there wasn't, there was a couple, but there, yeah. there was a, a 300 SEL, but there wasn't, it was probably in California. Yeah. We had a Rambler wagon that was pink with the push button. Okay, on the it, dash it wasn't for, that. It wasn't that. <laughs> but my dad eventually did buy my mom a Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Oh, cool. hell yeah. She had arrived. And that was really cool. Yeah. That was really neat. What but year? the Volkswagens, oh, God, that would have been um, in the 70s, I think. So it's, it's funny. My dad, uh, uh, he bought a bunch of new cars. But as an Italian kid in Pennsylvania, the way you knew you arrived is you bought a new not used, right. Cadillac, and he, he bought a 74 Coupe de Ville in orange with white leather. 
and that was the that was the arrival. That's the moment. big dog car. That right? was That's the, the, the that Rolex was the, presidential. That, that was the mic drop. <laughs> that was the mic drop car. Yeah. So so you were an okay student, average yeah. student, shitty student. Uh, the only thing I ever excelled at um, was math. Uh, the only thing I ever really liked was math. Mm-hmm. And then something very disappointing happened to me. Uh, we were a family of motorcyclists, too. We were outdoor enthusiasts, just to let you know. And when it came to motors, as long as there was a motor attached, because of all the influence with the... My dad built a dune buggy in our garage. Yeah, and cool. Like, that. Oh, like a, like a Manx? So neat. I, I think it was, it was either the Manx or... Uh, there, wasn't there another one? That's but the think, one I know of. That yeah. just that just got relaunched in Costa Mesa, by the way. Oh, did it? Yeah, okay. which is really cool. <laughs> I think I've seen a guy running around in a two-seater. And that, ours were a four-seater. Uh, but it, the thing was absolutely beautiful. My dad was one of these guys, too, that when you go to his house and you open up the screen door, and you, all you need to do is take a finger and kind of push it, and it would just glide. Oh, he, everything's perfect. He, technical master. He did everything. He built his own home in Victoria when he got out of World War II with a GI Bill. Wow. I mean, literally built, built it. Built it. Everything except for the air conditioning. Self-taught? Uh, pretty much. He, was, he worked in the uh, shipyards when he was, before he went into the war. And he was in the Canadian Army. And we, the Canadians went into World War II before because they're English. And so they were involved in the war about three years before wow. the U.S. was. Uh, he had, he was in the army in Italy for seven years, uh, and he worked. His job was uh, taking care of the with the carpool stuff in the as the infantry went along. He worked on the equipment. I mean, he was so always in it. He was he's always had his. Wow. He could, and, what, and he could the, fix what, anything. What's the heritage of your last name? All English. All uh, English. My grandparents on both sides came from England. Okay, cool. So yeah, um, but. The cars that we got to experience, just to finish off with that, from the Volkswagen dealership, mm-hmm. I mean, we had an, an amphibious <laughs> World War II Volkswagen at one point, which is, was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. We didn't get to drive it, but, um, and just... Yeah, a Schwimmen uh, wagon. That's what they're called. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It had a little propeller that would yeah. drop down and hook, hook up to the crank. It was hilarious. It was really neat. Oh, cool. uh, but the buses and the bugs, I had wrecked a bug at one point uh, out looking for somebody. Do you remember the name of that? Yeah, yeah you remember we know who you were looking for, Mr. Green Thumb. <laughs> no, it was old girlfriend. Do you remember but. the name of that Volkswagen dealership? Bob Hemsel Volkswagen. Bob Himsel? Uh-huh. Himsel, okay. Because yep, yep. there's a couple famous Volkswagen dealerships down here in Southern California. We had, we had none in Pennsylvania, but... It's they're they're iconic. Some of these places, that's cool. It's you see these things, the the, and again the, the we had the 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 pickups the the twin cab pickups the single cab oh, pickups cool. we yeah. had the squarebacks and my brother-in-law who was married to my sister who's the oldest in the family he had one of those very rare Volkswagens that's a like the squareback but it's not a squareback it's a two-door. Sedan, yeah, I think without it was referred to as a number, which I don't know, like a one thirty one or okay. something like, like that. Kind of like one of those Subaru. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a square back, but it stops at the. It's almost like a Datsun B two ten. 
Yeah, it stops at the C pillar instead of goes all yeah. the way back. Right. I wonder why they didn't take off. Crazy. Uh, and, so, and, and the thing. No, the thing, sure. <laughs> thing we kind of looked at as a little bit of a joke, but hey, no offense to people own things yeah. now, right? Yeah. Were you, so when you were, in, you were in high school, what did you do? So in high school. In um, what high school did you go to? You remember? Lee High School. Uh, I never made it past the ninth, uh, or I made it halfway through my 10th year. So, and what happened was uh, I thought I was going to race motorcycles all my life, which didn't turn out to be the case. <laughs> so prior to that, you're racing motorcycles I'm, on during weekends? During that period of time, yeah. Okay, right. so you're like that guy. In- Motocross. Right, yeah. Motocross, yeah. Yeah, so, okay. What, so what, what kind of bike? Well, I started out on a little Yamaha 60. Uh, but at that time, I had, and I had Steens, I had Hodakas, I had Yamahas, <laughs> I had the Honda CR125. There was a you know a whole array of bikes. Did you on. did you have a job at this time, or you just? I would do work for my dad. Like we would hire in the weekend or in the summer to go down and repaint the the shop. Oh, cool. My, me and my myself and my older brother. So we'd spend a month doing that. Yep. Uh, my dad was one of these guys that uh, when you went into the, he, his belief was, and it's, this has stuck with me for, for so long, that if you go into an automotive shop, mm-hmm. you should be able to drop a sandwich on the floor and be able to pick it up without having a bunch of grease oh, all wow. over. I mean, everything. They called him the hawk at the dealership. He ended well, up yeah, being he, a general manager, but he was really a service manager, then parts, and then kind of ran the dealership. But, uh you know, guys would leave because they felt he was too tough, but then they'd come back because they felt it just everything else was chaotic. Right. So, um, anyways, freshman year, I was taking, um, uh, uh, it was an Algebra two or something, and, and I found it really easy, and it was fun, and I had a great math teacher. Uh, God, I used to remember his name. I haven't thought about it in so long. It'll probably come to me. But anyways, he, um, he told me that he wanted me to be he goes, would you be ready to go off campus either in your junior or your junior and your senior year to take math classes? Mm-hmm. And that was the infancy of AP classes that kids take now. You know, and they brought that level of... And this is what, 1974 or 5, 5 probably? 74 okay. or 5? Yeah. So, because I would have I graduated in 77. So it would have been... 74, yeah. Yeah, 73, 74. And I was really excited... And I have an older one. The next brother older to me is like the perfect child. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> great athlete, superstar soccer player, baseball, anything. Super smart. Always got A's. You know, he's the only one he's that went that to college guy. and graduated. He's that kid. He's guy. that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We and, all we all hate that guy. So, well, and he was my roommate. In, in our house, you know, he, I shared a bedroom with right. Gary my entire life, right? How come his, how come his side's always so clean? <laughs> hey, guess what? He's not on the podcast. Right. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, right? exactly. But I don't know what he's doing. So, um, anyways, I come home and I tell him this and, and so forth. And I go, you know, I want to go to, now I've got this, this, this idea that I want to go to college. Wow. And he goes. Uh, because of this teacher. Yeah, yeah. One, one guy, right? One, one guy, guy can, yeah, yeah, wonderful. Very influential. I mean, yes, a teacher can make an impact. Absolutely. They're you making know, big impacts today. Yeah, oh, yeah. Big impacts. Yeah. So he, uh, he said to me, he goes, my brother said, well, Randy, and I hated history, but what's really funny, 
I hated history in English. I love history now. Sure. You know, reading the books that we read and so forth. Yeah. You know, there's a certain aspect of history to all of that. And, and uh, English is still not my strong suit, but we do have spell check and we do have Right, we, we can speak it. <laughs> do we need it now? No. Uh, we can so, speak it. And no uh, one cares now anyways. He told me, <laughs> and I remember it specifically, he said, Randy, you can't just go to college to take math. You have to take mm. all of the other classes. So you have to do well in English, and you have to do well in history. How, how much older is he? Five years. Okay. So he was out of college, at, or out of high school at that point, and he was in college. So when he graduated, the next year I came in mm -hmm. to high school. And then I had one other brother that was only like a year ahead of him. And then I had another brother that was about two years ahead of him. Then any, any of those guys get jammed up in Vietnam? No, my oldest brother almost. Yeah. Uh, but he... I think he went down and had to sign up for the draft, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't have a. He wasn't an A one. <laughs> he was. He was a lower down on the alphabet and a couple more numbers down. So Got it. He didn't get pushed in. And, oh, nice. And that's fine. Yeah. I think it yes. was good. Yeah. Wonderful. Right, right. Um, and then my other brother, I think, because I think it was right at the tail end of that. Got it. Um, but God, talk about a devastating comment it still sits in my head as a as a big memory so I, at that point then i was like well psh. and then i was you know the friends i had we just were having a lot of fun and san francisco in the 70s he kind of right yeah you yeah. listen you just, how many grateful dead shows you see i didn't i wasn't a big grateful dead but uh, led, led zeppelin, zeppelin. <laughs> uh you know, three dog night uh, Credence Clearwater. Did you see any of those guys? Did you go into no. the city? You, no, no you know, concerts. Only concerts that I went to was a mountain air concert one time. I wasn't big on crowds. Mm. Quite frankly, I didn't like to be. I like being at a crowd if I'm racing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I like to be a part of the show. I didn't like to be part of the crowd. Right, right. Mm. Whether or not that's a <laughs> cool, a, very cool an ego thing, or whether or not it's just a. Well, it, it depends cool. on what the show was too, right? Sure. And, but in, or maybe maybe I'm a little claustrophobic when it comes to being in a bunch of people bouncing around. You must have loved a know. pandemic. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's not get started there. <laughs> so we we are. Okay. What what is your brother? Flu? You mean? Yeah. Your bro your brother <laughs> basically burst your bubble, right? And so okay, what what do I do now? Well, um, I, I, it was kind of a, at the beginning of partying mm -hmm. a lot, and I chose that path a lot more, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, racing a bike, and having a lot of fun doing that. How long was your hair? Uh, it wasn't too bad because my dad he wasn't he wasn't yeah, real not keen deal, on long hair, hair yeah. now, and I of course was still at home, and and uh, but uh, it did lead to. Um, uh, my first job, not that partying led to my first job, but um, you asked earlier, did I work? I, my first job was uh, 15, selling door-to-door -door lawn aeration. <laughs> Getting out <laughs> and yeah, knock, knock on the door. Hey, sir, you know, we we're in your tough. area this weekend and uh, this Friday, and we have, uh, we have uh, door -to -door, a special run. Door-to-door teach you some shit. Door-to-door -door was oh, a man. wonderful experience. You know what was so fun about it, though, is that Every door was like a new experience, <laughs> right. right? I quickly found out that the people had terrible lawns, which you think would be the perfect catch, right? Worst. 
Worse. They didn't care. The guy who had the perfect one. He wanted to he know more. He wanted to do everything. <laughs> yeah, he's he like, oh, that I'm in. thing perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I worked for a guy who was a neighbor of mine, and that's kind of what, why the, the, the connection came, because he's older than me. I was really good buddies with his uh, younger brother, who was one year older than me. And uh, it was right about the time when everybody was starting to drive. And uh, boy, the, these guys, they could, they could really drive. Mark, a good friend of mine, he grew, he, every summer he'd go to Oklahoma and work on his, his uncle's ranch. And he learned to drive dirt roads like mm-hmm. none other. I mean, it was just wonderful. Some, some great stories about driving with him late at night when he decided to take the car from the gas station that he worked at that happened to be in for a heater repair. <laughs> And we'd take it out on these mountain dirt roads in Loma Prieta, traveling at high rates of speed. Turn the lights off? Well, no, no but he did teach me how to drive mountain roads in, at night that when you can't see where the road is going, if you're mm-hmm. cresting a hill and so forth. You know, you always follow the tree path. He's like, a, like, he's like a rally driver. Yeah. 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 Oh, he was an incredible driver. The funny thing is, is he actually gravitated more to crawling in a four-wheel type thing as time went along yeah uh he raced bikes a little bit too but he just didn't didn't have that extra deal and his older brother who gave me that first job absolutely crazy human being one of the best water skiers i've ever known blew his eardrum out a couple times and and very very intense individual but one of these people that you could never really trust he was Mm. a wonderful door-to-door salesman (laughs) and he put the screw together but you know they really didn't do all that great of a job and the funny thing about Steve, this guy who gave me the first job, is, uh, and tragically he passed uh, not, about six years later, but uh, <laughs> we'd go down, because they were about six doors down from us where we lived. We'd go down there, we'd drive by or whatever, and we'd say there was a garage sale going on, and here's Steve out there. And he's got all of the stuff out on his front driveway, and tables and so forth and I walk over there and he's got tools of ours that he's borrowed from us that he's selling <laughs> at his garage sale. But Steve, what are you doing? But he was that kind of a guy. Yeah. And he'd come up with something that you kinda of halfway believable and you right. go, Okay. All right. Just fine. a mover. Yeah, yeah. But but so that was a great experience doing that. It taught me um, um, it was fun. It was uh, you know, most it you th- taught you how to accept no. Right? I was going to yeah, say, you, oh yeah, you think a lot about, of rejection. You think about the door-to-door experience throughout your career. Yeah, I've always held on to that as a good experience. Yeah, and it's, I, it's, it's, I it's, used it later on. Even it, I, I started a little business when I was about a couple years later doing uh, 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 window cleaning. It was kind of in between a situation. Our, our family ended up being uh in a tough place uh my i don't talk to my siblings anymore Uh, Uh, my mom and dad have now since passed but we were a little better when they were still around because they were that glue Mm -hmm. Uh, family businesses can be incredible they're great i work with my wife she's she handles all of the money for our company and our kids work there and my wife is a great communicator so she keeps us together Mm -hmm. right if you don't have that, then you, if you're in a family that works together, plays together, and in some sense, instances lives together, right? Mm-hmm. Then it can really turn into a mess. It's, it's ripe for big problems. And um, 
my family didn't have that ability to do that. And my dad, who had been that manager, general manager, he was 59 at the time. He decided that he would uh, leave the dealership and leave his pension and the whole kit and caboot, take what he had, and open up a transmission business. Now, my dad didn't really know much about transmissions, but he, my oldest brother, and then my second oldest brother, they went to a school that taught them how to work on transmissions. My dad knew how to, how to run an automotive business from the uh, uh, management of the people and so forth and getting the job done. Mm -hmm. But not from the aspect of what money spent where and so forth. That was left to other people at the dealership. Right. And there's a lot to that. Um, his concept was, I'm going to do this for the boys so that 15 years down the road, they all have their own transmission shop, you know, and it's one big happy family and we're, we're a mini Amco. Right. right. Makes sense. Had a nice big shop, 5,000 feet, four or five bays, beautiful. It was in a brand new automotive center, stone's throw from the dealership that we're at. And so, uh, you know, he had a very good reputation within the industry, too. So everybody helped. And he got, he was great at getting jobs. We did all of the Rosenden Electric, which is a hard, a big electric company down there. We did all the San Jose police cars, which was a lot of fun, too, because mm. you got to go pick them up sometimes. Sure. <laughs> You'd be <laughs> amazed at how many people move out of your way when, you're, when they see a cop car behind them, right? They don't see the out of service until you go by. <laughs> but... Uh, he did a great job of things like that. I mean, we had some incredible gill cable. We had all of the big contracts for the, the, those companies, but he didn't, um, uh, he didn't know how to manage his kids. There's too many chiefs mm. and not enough Indians. Mm -hmm. And it became, it turned into kind of a bitter situation. But, and I was 16, 17 at the time working there. Uh, I had to have my arm in a cast for six months one time for a bone graft from a brake crash. And uh, so, uh, and I was working there. And that was a great experience though as well because I got to work in the office during that period of time. And a guy by the name of Don Calloway, hmm. he gave me things like uh, the world's greatest salesman, um, it gave me a number of wonderful books, and he mentored me through uh, getting past the influence that my older brothers had on me at the shop. And uh, I ended up working behind the counter selling the transmission jobs mm -hmm. to the people that came in and loved it, made really good money, and my brothers became, this is 17, I was making nine, eight, nine hundred bucks a week. I mean, mm. it was really good money. And of course, my friends loved it. <laughs> right. Because you're, you're paying all for that everything. Party and, yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't very good with the money. Uh, but uh, he, he taught me some great things, wonderful things about, uh, and, uh, you know, kind of like let me identify some things about myself and that you don't need to, you know, you can, you're, you're better than that. You can yeah. do this. You have a quality. You have, a, you have an ability to communicate with people because that's really one of the best things that you can have in this world, really, when it comes to being out there working with people is being able to communicate with yeah, them. And it's, being it's, able it's, to walk a mile in another man's moccasin, as he always used to yeah. say. Put yourself in their shoes. Have some empathy. Understand them. Once you understand them, 
then you know how to relate to them and you can pretty much you Fre- know, help help figure out the problem yep uh, or, or the answer yep. Yep. well and nobody can be worse to each other than family yeah exactly <laughs> good point now on the Co- other s- co-workers they could you could have problems with them but when it's family it's really bad or it's really good it's very but, hard yeah. it's very hard to fire a family member no, and the, yeah, the, and, with all the baggage with it. Yeah, yeah. and the, so what you really have to do is one thing that like I said my wife has done such a great job is she bring it to the table right away. Don't let it percolate. Don't let it mm-hmm. you know fester. Wow. Uh, get it out. Get it over with and get it done. Because the flip side to that, where family can be horrible, and I don't think there's a lot of in between. It can also be great. Mm-hmm. And knock on wood at this point i feel like where we're at is great i've had my sister-in-law working with us also for 30 years so cool very very close extremely close people uh meaning my my wife and 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 my sister-in-law so they've worked in the same office (laughs) next they can spend the entire day talking (laughs) we can go out to dinner and they're still talking it's i love it it's it's pretty neat no it's great it's great so Go, going back to high school, yeah. you didn't graduate? You did graduate? No, you I did not graduate? graduate. You, when did you drop out of high school? I probably dr- actually dropped out in uh, the 11th grade. Okay. So, and how old are you, 17, 16? Yeah, right in there. Yeah. And right nobody the says shit. My dad was opening up the shop. Oh, my dad was very upset. What happened is I ended up going to a continuation school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kicked me out of the regular high school, so I went yep. to a continuation school. And then when I got to this continuation school, I, I've always had a, a – I don't do well with authority. I think it's because there's a certain lack of control, and maybe it was being the youngest of fifth. I, I'm not sure, but I like to do things on my own. I don't like people telling me what to do. I'm okay mm-hmm. with somebody respectfully asking me what to do or mm-hmm. to do something, and that's fine. But uh, authority has never been uh, uh, something I can really get along with. So You crazy Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we, um, um, I, I got kicked out, went to continuation school. When I was at continuation school, I mean, these places are campuses off, right? Everybody I knows. Know. You're oh, driving down the street. Okay. So you're there, and I didn't, I didn't. I was racing even more at that point. So I was not spending any time with these people. So my dad, who had already had four great kids, and now he's got this fifth one who's a problem, he gets a phone call from the principal. There's always one, right? Right, yes. (laughs) So he gets a phone call from the principal of the continuation school saying that we think your son's on drugs. Now, I was not on drugs, not to say that I hadn't done that. Partaken. Certainly. Sure, right. But I was Man. not high at school. I was not hung over from doing I was racing. When you're racing pretty much during that period of time, if you're not hurt, you're, you're, you got to, even back then, you knew that you had to be in good health, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're putting yourself through a lot. And um, a good condition. And uh, so I go into the office. They called me in. There's my dad sitting there. And I'm going, what's going on? And the principal said, and either the principal or my dad said, you know, we have great concern that, you know, you just haven't been interacting with any of the, the students here. And we feel that you might be high here at, at school. I was just livid. Mm-hmm. And I said, I go, e- either you apologize to me at this point or I'm up and out of here. I don't. Give a fuck about your school. I'm done. 
I don't, I, I'm here, I don't want to associate myself with these people who, in my eyes, are a bunch of losers. Mm-hmm. The girls are all pregnant. Right, and the guys are and all getting high. the guys are high. all loaded. Yeah. I don't have nothing to do with, <laughs> I don't have anything to do with these people. I'll be here, I'll serve my time, and I'll go, and I'll go ride, and I'll do my stuff. And I'm not, you have to apologize or I'm out of here. And of course, it, why, blah, 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 I'm going to interrupt. Sure. Randy's actually said, you're going to have to apologize or I'm fucking out of here. That's, <laughs> yeah, I don't actually think I, I, I don't know, maybe I did. But so they wouldn't. And so I left. And that was my last uh, thing. Now, I was there probably in my uh, 11th, in 11th grade. Yeah. Did you get thrown out of the house or? No, uh, I think my dad at that point already uh, was pretty frustrated but he also um knew maybe he knew more Mm. you know i i I come to find out later on in life that my dad had some issues with authority when he was younger too and and my wife tells me that i'm more like my dad than the other boys and Mm. he wrote me some letters that i actually didn't open up until i was probably probably 15 years ago after he wow. already passed. Wow. That's cool. And uh, so he had a little bit of a soft spot. I think he felt that it wasn't just... Uh, he knew. He, yeah. He I, knew. He, he knew. Yeah. Yeah. He knew that he, he had this perspective of an adult just like all of us do here, right? right? Yeah. And I didn't. And um, so that kind of, uh, that ended my schooling. And uh, then I just started working. My dad at that not too long after that, my dad went to open up the shop. So I spent six months with him actually building the inside of the shop, which is really a neat experience. It taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. And we did all of the, it was a, it was a shell and we built the offices. We built oh, did cool. the floors. We had the hoist brought in and they were actually installed, but we did a, a ton of stuff that was, it was a great experience and it was neat. I got a little closer to my dad, got to see him. Because uh, we go see his friends that were still in in business, we go out and have lunch with these people. He taught me to communicate even a little bit better. Cool. He was a class act guy. He taught me uh, ethics too. Wonderful. I saw perspective of no ethics with Steve, the old neighbor, <laughs> <laughs> the lawn guy. <laughs> yeah, who so would just steal from everybody. That, that's a that's a huge thing that isn't taught, by the way. Ethics? It, it's, yeah, it's learned or it's uh, observed. Observed, yeah. Over, learned, over, observed. Over time, you see, you see guys when you're either a kid and you see somebody doing something right, somebody doing something wrong, maybe make a decision. Uh, people in business, I've seen so many people in business that are the biggest scumbags ever, and they, they could succeed wildly, but you're like, yes. man, I don't want to do that. Well, and, and you see what surprises me about people who are unethical crook get in trouble bad and they fail but they're so smart mm-hmm. it's like you sit there and you go god if you would just apply just don't rip people off right. what you, a great scheme and what a wonderful like, scheme dude, it's you, unbelievable because you, 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 you would have thought something else you, it would have worked well, or, or just the, the fact that your personality you, you're so engaging right. because good crooks are very smart and they also uh, they can bring people in. They're very they can mm-hmm. be manipulative. Right. They can sure. sell. They can uh, they can lure. They can sell themselves. Yeah. I, and and I always say, man, if they could only use what they know for good instead of evil. But guess what? Some of them are just that's how they are. Yeah. If you give them, hey, you can do it this way or you can do it this way. This way is a little shady. 
they're still going to choose the shady. They're going to take the shortcut. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the shortcuts shortcuts don't work. No, nope, never, n- never have. So you're what working with your dad? You're not even eighteen yet, right? What, what what gets you out of the house and moving to that? My sister got divorced. Okay, <laughs> and I just turned eighteen. It's funny. My dad said. Why don't you go live with your sister? Because now there's not a man living in the house with her. Mm-hmm. So you go live with your sister. And it was funny because I had a very good friend of mine who his parents had moved to Seattle. He moved in with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and he was terrible. He'd come up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, drunk and this and that. He's but they didn't to. seem to care. He's, right, 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 not right. my kid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was nice of them to do that. Uh, and so in, in being with my, hanging out at my sister's house and still working at my dad's shop, uh, you know, I knew that it wasn't something I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I needed something more during that, after that first six months or so, uh, building the shop and doing this and working there for a little bit. That's when I, it had been after a crash that occurred a year before that that my a piece of bone in my wrist that used to be called the navicular bone, uh, I cut off the cast early and went back to riding and that caught up to me and the bone died. So they had to take a piece of bone out of my hip, mm. put oh, it geez. in the wrist. <laughs> and the doctor, the great thing is the doctor said, hey, we're gonna put this in a cast, should be you know six to eight weeks, cast from under the armpit down to the end of the thumb. So after six weeks or whatever, I go in and he goes, well, we're gonna keep that on for a little bit longer. So three months under oh, the armpit, shit. down to the thumb. And then at the end of that, I'm thinking I'm getting it off. And he goes, nah, I don't think we're quite ready to. Let's put the cape, the cast on from the elbow. Now you can bend your elbow down to the end of the thumb. Kept putting me off, putting me off. Ended up being six months in a cast. Learned mm-hmm. to write with my left hand. And the funny thing was, I look back on it now, and the doctor was just leading me along because he didn't want to tell me, you're probably going to have to be in a cast for six months on this thing. I cut the last one off in the garage with a hacksaw. I'm going back to ride. It, it wasn't was, that it, bad. That, so, uh, that sounds like a doctor that has seen more than one, yes. more than one motocross, Savage, yeah. more, right. motocross racer. Right. So is your but, living with your sister, working for your dad, are you starting to gain some grown-up sort of perspective on fuck? Yes. This is this is this yeah. isn't all. This isn't the Brady Bunch, right? And I had, I had uh, had that mentor in the office that while I had my arm in that cast, and so I was doing the ROs and I was talking to the customers, and he taught me all these wonderful things and mm-hmm. gave me these great books to read. And what a great guy! Oh, wonderful guy! And he was he was. Um, he was perfect all of the time. He mm-hmm. had a great posture. He used to be a boxer. So, like a guy like that, did he know he was good? Did he know he was changing your life? Did he know he was helping you? Or was he just being him? I think he was being him. Wow. I think because you sit in an office all day. And not a glamorous office, by the way. Talk. This is not no, Wall Street. Not really, no. No, it's a it's, it's it a was, transmission shop. Right, it was a bigger, nicer, you know. But, it was, but, but he's yeah. he's not an MIT grad. No, no, like, no. Like he was he was self made, I believe, and yeah. he was self motivated. I think he got a lot of his uh, training, if you will, from going through the whole Amco process, where they do a little bit of brainwashing mm-hmm. you on on the the script and so forth that that you have to use. But he was so well put together, always perfectly clean, the clothes. 
the stature, hair was always really well done. And you could tell he used to be a boxer. You know, and he's probably, you know, kind of looked like he might have been Italian or maybe Cuban or he was a dark complected guy with dark, dark hair. Mm. And he just had a presence about him that was all about confidence. Cool. But he had these books and the point that he was making to me by giving me these books and then we talk about him after we read them is all about building confidence mm -hmm. and your ability to do things. So reoccurring theme after I went to um, work at uh, or live with my sister, she worked in the insurance business that I'm in now mm -hmm. and in, in the same field. And so she had gotten divorced and she decided she wanted to go do some. Actually, she got fired from her job because her boss left and the people who were running the place said they're we lawyer factor. Yeah. yeah, 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 right. yeah you're you're out of here. So. We know about that. <laughs> so she opened, decided to open up her own shop, her own office oh. in the house. Cool. And so a few months went by and she said, hey, you know, I come home from work and she go, you want to make some phone calls for me? You know, here, here are some leads. Call these people and see if they want to get a quote on insurance on their trucks. And, and so uh, I started doing that and I just had a lot of fun with it. And then that evolved into... Uh, eventually me leaving the transmission business mm. and uh, going with her and we ended up opening up an office and adding and it got to a point of having two offices. Where was the office? Open? Uh, San Jose. San Jose. So you're li how far are you from home when you're living with your sister? Oh, probably six, seven miles, eight miles. Okay. And do you guys move to San Jose? No, my sister, she got divorced and she was living in a house. Uh, it was actually what was interesting. It was about three blocks from the transmission shop. Right. Yeah, it was right up the street from the tranny shop. My parents still lived in Los Gatos in the original home that, that I primarily grew up in. And uh, so the office that we opened was not too far from where we lived. And, and we opened it up. She opened it up in her house. And then we got busy to the point where we actually had to go into an office and we did that and built it up and built it up. And then that's when it came to a point I'd, I'd met my wife. This is about seven years later, I'd met my wife, Julie. So, so you're, you start with your sister, open an office in San Jose. With, with the focus of, of insurance for semi-trucks. Yep. Right? That was the, that was the target. That's the yep. business. That's the customer. Yep. Are, okay, so... Let's fast forward a few years later. Are you personally making money? Oh. Um, and it's all relative, right? I'm doing right? okay, but actually it was a very unique situation. Um, and I'd never do it the same way again. Uh, it started out that she was just kind of helping me out. And she was not making a lot of money either. So she said, like, well, here, um, here's a credit card go, you know, you can use the company card and you can buy this and that. She gave me a small salary, mm -hmm. but she never really did pay me on the, on the, the commission mm -hmm. side of it in a way that uh, would have been the appropriate reward for uh, the, business. the ultimate success yeah. of writing a lot of business. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it went along in that supposedly we had a 60 40 business relationship in that she owned 60 percent of the company and i owned 40 and this was but you know the problem was is that it was all verbal sure and uh i was treated that way and i was able to get uh 
you know, I built it up to the point that I had, you know, a nice ski boat. I had a little 911 SC. Oh, so you're making you're making money. I'm making money, but no, the money's not, being run through the company. Okay. Got See, it. See, all it. of my expenses, what I wanted to do, go out, credit cards, entertainment. Run everything through the company. Everything went through the company. And uh, we had bought a rental. Um, we had a number of people working for us at the time. I think we had something like that. You're not married at this time? No. 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 Okay. No. I had met Julie, uh, and we ended up... Um, I'd gotten to a point where I knew there was problems mm -hmm. and uh, the problems, you know, you, 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 it's good to carve out anything good about something bad. Right. And what I learned was how not to run my business. <laughs> and I was very disenchanted as time had gone along and I wanted to get out. I was mm -hmm. looking for something else to do. But I wanted to have something that, that, that made good money for me and so forth. And at that time, uh, my wife and I had met. We'd gotten married. And uh, I had decided to say to my sister, I'm, I'm going to leave the business. Mm -hmm. And uh, instead of you know, just cashing me out on this 40%, this is the valuation I've come up with on the company. And I'm thinking that you can pay me by primarily giving me that small salary every month and pay my payments that I have on the house, mm -hmm. the car, just two cars, the boat. Mm -hmm. And that will carry me for two and a half years because I decided to go into the commercial real estate business and the commercial real estate business, they all of them told me, be prepared to suck air, as they called it, for nine months to a year. Makes sense. Before you make any money. Yeah. So it took me a few months to get licensed uh, did she agree she agreed okay she agreed uh took me a couple months to get licensed i don't think she ever really truly took me seriously though. Mm. it's one of the problems i've had with my family because i was such a independent soul mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> i was a screw up right yeah, in their yeah, eyes yeah, especially right? yeah of uh, course that that um here we uh, go again yeah here we go again yeah. man he's gonna go do you know uh, <laughs> amen <laughs> I one time, you know, where I had all my friends down at the tranny shop before it had opened. All my brother's toolboxes were in there, you know, a lot of money and this and that. Well, the floors were this really shiny material on the floors. So I had a bunch of friends down there and we were drinking and we were <laughs> running in our socks and we'd slide, right? We had all the lifts up. And makes sense. So we were just having Make, fun. Makes right? sense to me. Well, <laughs> to have a nice breeze through the place, I'd opened up one of the front roll-ups. Well, you left the shop by going through the back. Mm. pretty much and locking everything up <laughs> and then you drive around the front and I didn't look back to see that one of the roll-ups was up I got a call from one of my brothers at about four o'clock in the morning that the, high, that the San Jose Police Department had called them because one of the doors were open and of course you know it took me I lost my keys to the shop at that point mm. but and nothing was stolen they just nothing was stolen okay. it was not, nothing it was happened just, it was just open right, just it was to, just another thing that randy did so i don't think my sister really man took we let we left the we left the doors open at ferrari so much <laughs> just because there was a bunch of doors and you know somebody's supposed to check them and uh, i'm like yeah yeah chris is like yeah pat's checked it i'm like yeah he checked it if only i'd known <laughs> I, I was I, I was just thinking you're not uh, Probably, are you allowed to say tranny shop anymore? 
Oh, good point. <laughs> that is a good God. point. Is, is, that, is, that, is that allowed? Uh, yeah, transmission it for might, those of you listening. I think, I think you need to call it a transmission shop because a tranny shop might be taken as another kind of business. Right, right. right. So yes, I think we, yes. I'm, I'm which, just, which maybe wouldn't be, f- <laughs> people wouldn't find amusing. God, why do we? Why do we have to? I'm sorry that they so, have to feel so outcast. But so you decide, I'm out. I'm out. Your sis, you, you and your sister make a deal. She's going to pay basically two and a half years of my living expenses. expenses. Right. Give me a chance to get. Done. You open. You, know? you open up your. You do all your commercial real estate licensing. Yep. You have it. You and Julie are like, fuck it. We're going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. What happens? Well, Julie's Julie's working and also taking care of, at this point, we had one child and another one on the way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So So the pucker factor's there. Yep. Yep. And, uh, but I believed I could do it. And I also felt I had that cushion, you know, that cushion there. And health insurance, right? Mm. Well, I got my license. And I remember I started at the real estate company. It's called Bishop Hawk down the Bay Area. I started on like June 1st, and she called me maybe a month later and said, I can't afford to pay you anymore. And I've been gone since November of the prior year. So six months into your deal. Yeah. She says, I can't afford to pay you anymore. And within six months of that, she filed bankruptcy. So at that point, I didn't have any cush mm. i didn't have that deal so my first year in the commercial real estate business was pretty tough mm. um it was really tough it was <laughs> back then you could do things like <laughs> write a check for 200 dollars and put it into your account and take it out mm-hmm. banks don't let you do that anymore no <laughs> right 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 they're on to that i think that. that's called they're, check kiting or something yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, but, they're 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 on to that yeah, they have a, they have overdraft protection for that <laughs> right but so there's, I remember getting a visit, visit at my home by the bank president or by VP of the bank or whatever. So you're broke. I'm broke. Yeah, we're working. We're, we're, and, and so uh, they don't pay you a salary at all in commercial real estate business. Well, do so, you, do you no, think you're 100% commission. I did make some money, though. I made about twenty five to 30000 in that first year. And I had all kinds of listings. I had the most listings. I was, you know, doing well. They were great listings, but they were... I was out there, you know. Getting so there's you're the traction. guy. There's traction. Like, hey, well, who's this no. fucking guy? The new guy's making well, moves. Yeah, I, I'm doing enough that would eventually, I think, yielded me a career if to, I wanted. Because but, you you embrace work. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so what was? And again, bad situation. What do you get out of a bad situation? Well, hopefully you get something out of it. Mm-hmm. You learn something out of it, right? With working with my sister, it was I learned how not to run a company, how not to have the kind of relationships that she had, how not to make these if you, stupid mistakes. If you would have stayed, would you have run out of money? Stayed in the commercial real estate business? No, 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 with your sister. If you would have not bailed. Oh, I think I would have just been caught up in the same crap. But do you think, um, like, do you think that six months later she would have said filed for bank- bankruptcy? Like, oh, shit. In that year? I don't know, because I wasn't selling anymore. I don't know how I'll bet you if you were selling, it's probably... Right, it caught up when you bailed. Right, but but then there and yes, I mean I'd like to say that sure I left and that's what uh, caused it. We but, say it's our podcast, brother. <laughs> so we don't, we don't fact check. But <laughs> but the other thing is is that her problems were deeper 
it didn't take just six months for her to dig that hole. She had right. been digging so that hole for a while that I didn't know about because I really wasn't a partner. And, 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 and so how long into the, the commercial real estate thing where you're like, fuck, I'm out? Well, it, it uh, was interesting because it was uh, um, pretty close what to... What year is this? What it, year is this? This was um, 80, probably 88. 88. Mm-hmm. And were you driving to work every day, like, excited or fearful or demoralized or, or I'm going to kill it today? Like... Or was it like shit? This is not me. I'm not. Oh, no. I am. In the beginning, it was it was a great, fun experience. It was it was scary. It was uh, exciting. It was uh, uh, you know, it was knocking on those doors again. Yeah. It was doing the door to door sales kind of thing. Right, right. There's an excitement. There's an excitement to that. Yeah, and you know, there's an excitement to the to the pitch and to the because there's the reward. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, even at a short period of time, I sold cars at a GMC dealership um, when I was, I don't know, somewhere in between that transmission thing. And while I was living with my sister, but not quite working with her yet, because I had had enough with the with the tranny shop and my family. And that was a great experience. I mean, it's the juice. Know, it's reaching across the table and in. And, and well, making a you, deal. Yeah, and you can't learn that shit no. in school. No. And no. you and when you when you have a failure, the cool thing about a failure and I'd love to hear this Don would tell me this a guy that the, you know, a failure just means you're that much closer and they write mm-hmm. about it in the book so you're just that much closer to a sale. Right? Uh, Don's that guy. Yeah. Right, right. He's <laughs> like, he was Cardone-ish. Who, who's he was the, great. Uh, yeah, I was going to say who writes all the books about like selling cars and stuff. Yeah, I think Grant Cardone or you know one of those one of the just, just positive. No, it's you know. just like yeah, everything everything is a a a a a phrase, a catchphrase to get you better and to make, sure. yeah, he's. So where, where it wakes up your mind a little bit, you know, and it gives you some confidence to be, to get Where do that. you start? Where so, do you say, fuck, all of this is bullshit. I'm in. I'm all in starting. Where well, did Julie it, decide? It, it came uh, probably 11 months into my uh, career as a commercial real estate agent. And how old are you? I'm. At that point. 26. Okay. Jeez. So we got 24, 26. Yeah. Right in there. And uh, uh, I had uh, two deals that I'd been working on for about six months. Mm. And they would have made me close to 50 grand. So in my first year, I would have done awesome. Right? And they fell apart in in the 11th hour. Ah. (laughs) Good old sales. They fell apart. And and so the thing about commercial real estate business is that you don't expect to walk into the office in the morning and come out at the end of the day with a deal in your pocket. Never. No, it just can't happen. Right. Right. But you hopefully will come out of the office with something to work on. Mm-hmm. And the more you work on, the more, you know, you, then you have deals that you're, you know, you harder, along harder you work, the luckier you're going to get. Exactly. I love that saying. So it came to a point when those two deals fell apart. I said to Julie, I go, you know, one thing that I've, I, I, I can't do this anymore. We need to make money. And I also realize I love the insurance business because that is a business that I could walk in in the morning. At the end of the day, I could have two or three deals. It may not be, 
you know, huge deals that, you know, you're not closing a 50 grand, but you know, they're tangible whatever. step forward. Yes. They're, they're deals. And I go, and the thing is, is that all of my, I realized then at that point is that all of my ideas, and this had been building up of how I thought things should be run at our, at the agency that I work with my sister in, uh, my ideas were good ideas. Hmm. And the reason I knew they were good ideas is because I, it, being in the commercial real estate commercial real estate businesses I touched on earlier, it gives you this opportunity to see inside people's businesses more so than in a lot of ways, right? Mm, yeah, makes uh, sense. Because you, they have to disclose their financials that you got to talk to them about how long they've been, they've been there and their history right. because you're either selling them to a new landlord or you might be helping them sell them to a lender or a bank or, or same one in the same. But, and, and, and then of course you get to see people who are developers who have become very successful mm. and you, you hear their stories and, and their beginnings. People don't just aren't very rarely are you born as a developer. Very rarely are you born as a very successful business person. Of mm -hmm. course there's families and there's, you know, the things, but a lot of people who are self-made, they, they busted their, their hiney. And what I, what I realized in doing the commercial real estate business was again, a great lesson, right? These things that, that come about was that, from a from a bad situation was that the common denominator amongst all of these people was that they just busted their ass all of the people that were successful that i worked for in finding new space for them or a building that they needed to buy and i wish i had more of those i probably would have still been in the business mm -hmm. but you know it's mostly moving leases is what i did during that first period of time and uh they all of the the common denominator was they busted their ass and we mentioned earlier you don't notice the guy who's driving to work at four o'clock in the morning and coming home at nine o'clock even mm -hmm. if he's a, a heart surgeon they go to school for 13 or 15 years of right. their lives right nobody ever notices them then right but they notice the success when the guy's driving down the road in the new mercedes the new porsche ferrari 1997 Defender, <laughs> right? Going, damn, he must be making money. Yeah. So, and living on the house in the hill. And they go, and they go, what does he do? Oh, well, he's a heart surgeon, or he's a, he's a this, or he's that. He goes, I don't know, you know, and the, the naive might say, oh, that's what I want to do. And not necessarily that it's complete being naive, only if you just don't realize that you have to spend many years getting to that point, regardless of what it is. Nobody, it's, it's, and again, it's like the things, the harder you work, the luckier you get, mm -hmm. right? Makes sense. So at that, at that point, it was just go in. I scooped out a big area out of the office that she had because we had had another office in Stockton. And so she worked out of the Stockton office. I went into the San Jose office and there was only a couple people left and the place looked like a cave. I took one of the offices and subleased it from her, got my own computer system and just went to work and just worked, 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 worked and busted my ass as best I could uh, doing, I didn't have the appointments with companies that I needed. I would go to these people and they say, well, you're, you're, what's her face's brother? Eh, I don't know if we want to do business with you because yeah. those are those relationships. She didn't know how to nurture them. She didn't know how to do the right thing. Uh, and maybe she was taught incorrectly too, but so I, w it took a lot of work. And if you talk to Julie about it, uh, my wife, it was, I was never home. Mm. And, uh, uh, and it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it was a lot, a lot of work. And we moved It's up. really expensive to be successful. There are expenses. Yes. Just yep. the toll, the, the human toll 
right? Of the yep. Saturdays, the, the you miss all of this shit. Every, I mean, really getting in at five, mm. six in the morning mm-hmm. and coming home. At, I'd come home sometimes for dinner and go back. Uh, sometimes I wouldn't come home for dinner and just stay until nine, ten o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And that was typically every day and including Saturday and sometimes even Sundays. Yeah. And then it got to a point where we could start maybe start adding a person or two. And it didn't change anything because it, 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 it's your business, your name. So what's the what's the uh, in the insurance business? Second insurance person we've had on, by the way, uh, aviation insurance was the last one. And and commercial trucking. Yeah. Is this commercial one. tracking is this one. So, so we don't I have you, any special. We don't have any you, auto guys. I bet yet. you there's a ton of similarities because it's super specialized. Right. right. Niche. And 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 uh, some people say niche, not niche. And niche. Um, <laughs> I heard niche. Niche. Nikki. Well, you're Canadian. <laughs> uh, if you were from Quebec, sorry. If you were from Quebec, you'd say niche. <laughs> but so, like, if you have a specialty. And you focus on it, yeah. and, and I don't care what it is. There's there's a fortune there. Always look at the big picture. Don't fall short of what you should do. Don't fall short of doing the right thing, whether it's for your customer, or whether it's for your the company that you represent. As an insurance broker agent, you're going to represent companies, and then you have clients that you're going to do the best you can for them. I think I think people in business too fail because they they. They get caught up in uh, the immediate reward. It's sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to walk away from something that might give you a nice big paycheck. Not and thinking, oh, I'll deal with the issue down the road. Mm-mm. You can't do that. You you just and I that, that's something I learned in other aspects of doing things that that taught me that you all if you always do the right thing for both of those people that you're working with, you don't ever have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You never have it's, to. It's, it's kind of like uh, if you if you don't lie, you don't have to remember. Right. right. You tell the, the truth. It's it's right. easy. <laughs> right. Hey, what'd you say? Fuck. Right. I don't know. You yeah. tell me. I forget. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. you said this. Okay. It sounds sense. Yeah. Not, it makes sense. Not hiding anything. So hey. So. I mean, I love it. That this is this is Randy. This is what freaking America. This is dude. what epitomizes what pat and i want to want to encompass that being said we're running out of time um we like to do a couple things at the end one for me you're talking to our kids what would you pitch right your your minute and a half pitch on hey how do we get our youth to do emulate sort of yeah and or what if you told your kids or grandkids and and those things that you want to impart and two, talk a little bit about your company. What would I say? Well, a lot of it's through, you know, uh, example. Mm. I think our, my kids are amazing. Uh, they are super hardworking, uh, intelligent, uh, and they are very, very ethical. You know, they're. Man, and, man, and isn't that isn't that what you want to hear as a parent? Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Like, I, I want to hear their. I want to hear my kids are ethical and happy more than more than rich and successful. Yeah, yeah. Like ethical right. and happy. Are you kidding? 
you know, my wife has played a huge role in all of that, and it's not, that's not scripted. I'm not reading from the notes that I had to pull out of my pocket. <laughs> it's true. But so, um, oh, God, and just thinking about the, the kids, um, they, they, and not that they haven't done things that, they all go through their growing experiences too, right? But they have a moral comp compass that mm. will bring them back to what's right and as they pass through adulthood and, and so forth, right? And I mean, I found out not recent, not too long ago that my my son would take my 9-11 out <laughs> is your when son, we were out of town. Is your son named Ferris Bueller? Right, right, yeah. that kind of a thing. I so. didn't know that it was inappropriate. <laughs> um, but, How uh, dare he, by the way. Do we have a phone going on? No, mine. Maybe it's yours. Not mine. But anyway, so what, would I, what else would I say? I, I, you know, because it's hard to... Um, <laughs> it, it's, it, because if, you, if you're talking strictly about a career, then uh, I'd say... Oh, is it? It's you, yeah. Um, <laughs> you hung up on them. That was my wife. Oh, she's like, "Are you done yet?" Oh, I thought I'd be done at seven, so we're low power. Oh, answer it. Honor, put her on speaker. Her. Tell her she's on speakerphone. Uh huh. And you're part of the podcast right now. You're on speakerphone. Hey, Julie. Cool. We're, hey, we're waiting for you. Hi, Julie. Okay. I know. The car. All right. Well, we're we're just wrapping up here, so um, we'll be out of here soon. <laughs> okay, just a couple minutes. Oh, is that hilarious? Is that funny? Hi. Hi. We'll be down here in just a couple minutes, okay? What? You're wrapping it. Up. <laughs> You're so fucking busted. A table ready where? At, all right. Okay. Well, why don't you drive over there and I'll meet you there? I like it. I like it. Okay. No, I'm, I'm we're, in. We're running I'm in. a little late. We're okay. late. Well, because we're testing out the minutes. new studio. Hey, I I am excited about. Okay, <laughs> let's cut that. Part. You, no, we never edit. Where yeah. you where you go to dinner? Crab cooker. We have our granddaughter with us. Oh, How nice. old is she? Yeah. Nice. Two. Or uh, cool. Nineteen months, basically. So, uh, what what what's our company? Oh, our company. Yeah. Uh, Noble West Insurance Services. Noble West and oh. and and where who who finds that you? Oh, uh, well, guys we're, with trucks. we're the guys with trucks. We market to anybody in the trucking industry, and uh, we are one of the top 10 largest insurance agencies in the Sacramento region. Mm -hmm. We're probably one of the larger, or large, yeah, pretty big for all of California when it comes to trucking. Do you mm -hmm. do any of that trucking with those containers from the ships? A little or? bit of it. Not so much bit. down here, more up in Oakland Port. Um, so yeah. And do you do any like, uh, Amazon stuff or is this like 18 wheelers? And well, we don't do the final mile. That's called the final mile. Yep. The guys you see running around with the trucks yep. with the, uh, Follock symbol on the side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> These, um I, I think it's actually called a cock. Yeah. Well, there you I, go. I thought it was a smile. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's Bezos. It's Bezos. Giving it to you. you we're all fucked. <laughs> Did you see his spaceship? Uh, I thought that was Elon's was a big cock. 
No, that was Bezos's. He's, oh, Elon's looks more like an extra spaceship. Oh, but I knew we were running over. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Anyways, um, and, and he grew up in the tranny shop. So <laughs> we deal with the guys who are driving, pulling the big Amazon trailers down the road. The big ones, yeah, yeah. The eighteen wheelers yeah. that are doing that, but the and final they, mile they, stuff comes to the distribution and center. Do you insure nationwide, like guys that are doing cross country stuff? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, up Canada, across the United States. Uh, and we're licensed in a bunch of states. In fact, I think we're now licensed in all of the states, and we do business. And they find you bit. on www.noblewest.com? Yeah. yeah. Noblewest.com. And, and uh, you think it's, uh, I, don't, I don't mean that. It's uh, customer service. Yeah, I mean, every business is customer service. Every right? freaking yeah. business. Um, and you Hot just have to, you have to always try. But you also have to have a good product, and we have great product. We have a pretty exclusive relationship with this one company called Great West Casualty that not entirely exclusive, but there's only five agents in all of California. And we're the largest for them in the Western region, and we're one of the top in the country for them. So, Well, dude, I think it's cool because if, if I went through this podcast and, talked to, and, and, and pinpointed how many times you talked about family. Mm-hmm. Your dad, your family, your brothers, your sisters, your wife, your kids, everything you talked about mm-hmm. is that. It's really cool. Very cool. It's, it's really Thank cool. You. And and you you mentioned you didn't have a great relationship or, or with with your brothers and sisters, but dude, they this is who you are. Sure. Yeah. Right? It's unbelievable. Taking it's, the, it's, the it's, positive out of maybe some. No, it's it, no, it's it, it. And your dad sounded like a freaking badass. Yeah. He was a great guy. Yeah. Greatest. What greatest the, generation. What they call him, the all? hawk. Yeah, he called him the hawk. <laughs> yeah. Is is code for a pain in the ass. He was interesting. You know, he never <laughs> spoke about anything to do with the war. Talk, none of them do. Man, that's that's good. We none of them do that. except except fucking young Hollywood writers. They make movies. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, why would you, yeah. right? right? Yeah. Well, dude, thank you so much. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Man, call your wife. Me, call, call, yeah, your wife fuck, call your dude. wife back and, tell her I'm and, on my and, way. and, and uh, apologize. Well, well, we we can we we can, she can hear the podcast and she'll be like, oh my god, damn it, <laughs> pull us. <laughs> she will hey, most likely. She might be our first female guest. Yeah. I yeah. tell you what, she'd make for an interesting guest, actually. Yeah, no, awesome, I'm sure. Randy. I'm sure. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you very much. Thanks, Thanks for joining us. Happy Appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. All right. Thanks, guys.